welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. My goal is to help train leaders and sales organizations how to manage and deliver results with empathy, compassion, and kindness. Let's get started. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. I could not be more excited to bring you our guest today. Stephanie Sutendahl is a passionate educator and entrepreneur focused on evolving society through innovating education with a world-class curriculum and emerging technology while leveraging AI for good, timely topic. The ultimate mission is to democratize education of the top 1% to U.S. public schools and low-income countries via AI-powered holograms. Awarded top 100 leaders in education by Global Forum for Education and learning and awarded for outstanding leadership with Education 2.0 in Dubai, she's had 14 years of experience in education, curriculum development, management and administration in the tutoring and education profession. Stephanie is the founder of Matrix Holograms, a Boston-based edtech startup democratizing tutoring with AI-powered holograms with curriculum developed by Ivy League colleges, tutoring experts, with adaptable, versatile, and scalable education platform for individual learning. That was a mouthful. We have so much to talk about. Welcome, Stephanie. Oh, so great to have you. Thank you so, so much, Lindsay. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here. It is my pleasure. So I got to meet you a few weeks ago at a women's event, and I was so, so impressed. But for those that don't know you, can you share a little bit about your story? <laughs> I mean, the full story, I don't think we're going to have enough time on this podcast. Yes, but a little bit. <laughs> sure. So highlighting the entire journey that I've had since it's I've seen both sides of the world. And it's something that I'm very grateful that that happened in my journey, because it also enabled me to see the different sides of the world and how inequality plays a huge role into the type of perspective that are molded within us, the type of experiences that we have, the type of networks that we're connected to. And this all came from, I'm it, you can consider me an immigrant. I was born in Florida, then went back to Colombia, and then came back when I was like around eight years old and for the majority of my of my grade school life or career whatever you want to call it uh so I was in private school and then unfortunately when I was 11 and 13 consecutively I had my brother my oldest brother and my father pass away and that was something that I was too young to understand what death was especially with my brother that I was 11 but I saw the consequences of how my parents handled it, how it also spiraled down to my father smoking more cigarettes, seeing all the stress. He died a day before my 14th birthday. So my 14th birthday was his funeral. Wow. And this were, these were things that I was just really unprepared to handle. But as a result, my entire life kind of flipped. I went to the... Um, so. And this is something that is also a little bit of a privilege is a type of education that we receive if we go to private school and the program. So I went to Harvard SSB when I was in 10th grade. So I was already in Cambridge, Boston when I was 15, 16 years old. And from there, once I headed back to Florida on the car, car ride back from my mom picking me up, she's like, we don't have cars anymore. We don't have properties anymore. We don't have a house anymore. I was just in shock. I was a 16 year old going through like what is going on right. so within two years we were on food stamps um going through incredible hardships I was under government help for my early 20s 
And I would say since I started uh, architecture school, so 19 to like 23, 24. And this is something that was unexpected, but at the same time, I needed to go through that. My last year, I went to a public high school. I mean, it was in Western Florida, so it wasn't really like, <laughs> like an inner city school, which I volunteered. And that is when I realized that the type of education that is in private schools and even boarding schools, they need to be democratized right. because that is the future of society. Now, all the time when I talk about education, it's primarily United States public school and private school system because that is where I grew up. That is where my career in education has been. And so long story short, I went through the dark ages were 19 to 23 years old. And I went through, once again, incredible hardships that no person should have to go through. Mm -hmm. And when I was 25, 26, 26 is when I really started to get my life together. I started my first company when I was, uh, I think it was 27 or 26, I, I forget. And this was a traditional tutoring company based out of Miami, catering to the same clientele that are able to afford these, these tutoring because it's expensive with matrix tutors two uh, one subject twice a week can come up to nine to twelve thousand dollars per student that's incredibly expensive but at the same time it allowed me to save up a lot of capital and there's a reason why i talk about this because that capital that i saved up which was over six figures over the course of two three years enabled me to get that into self-investment into development of this AI hologram. Tech, mm -hmm. tech development is extremely expensive. I'm not, I wasn't supposed to end up in technology, but, but it, it, it's actually something that is, I'm very, it, it makes sense. If I was going to well, create, it's so, yeah. It's so timely. I mean, we're having this massive debate about AI right now, but we're not really hearing it dovetail with education. And that's why I was so excited to have you on today because we have a similar connection through IBM. I was there for 23 years. You went through a really special program through IBM. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So the CTO of when I started having this idea of the AI hologram while I had matrix suitors, I'm like, who is going to build this? I even got a book that was like, how to build holograms. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do it myself. Like, I just too learn. Oh my gosh. Knows that by the way, I actually have it here on my desk. It's like a it's like the a relic of like an antique of like Matrix Holograms history. And so the most promising candidate was here in Boston. So over the course of this of 2022 winter, no, excuse me, 2021 winter, I went back and forth between Miami and Boston visiting the candidate and in one of those trips, I was walking down Commonwealth Avenue, snowing the arch branch trees, and something told me, Stephanie, move here. This is where the future of your company is. And oh. I really plan A. I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow the voice. Like, it's supremely, supremely, like, intuitive. So I packed all my life, and I drove from Miami to Boston. I underestimated how long that trip was. Florida alone is really long. I've done that drive. So yes, you're, it is yeah. long. And it's yeah. scary because you're, yeah. you're embarking on this new life. So continue. So yeah. So the first mentor that I had, his name is Phil Michael. And he was the one, he went through the Mass Challenge program. And Mass Challenge is an international incubator for startups where they have a very, very competitive uh, application process. And I have started the application in Miami. And I 
just put it in the back burner. And then three weeks after moving to Boston, something told me, Stephanie, apply, like finish your application. And it was precisely for the IBM AI mentorship program for underrepresented founders. Mm. And when I sat down to finish the application, it was due that night. Oh, everything happens for a reason. So that is how I got the introduction into IBM. It was a mentorship program. So I did have Gautam Siwaj, who is a principal technology leader, data scientist, incredible individual. We still keep in touch almost in a daily basis. And he was the one that took me in and he went above and beyond to help me during the course of this eight week program. And he, he was able to, to, for us to go together, me from the education side, him from the AI side, on how is it that we can take the AI hologram from an idea all the way out to the actual product of the hologram. So, so yeah, and then the creator of the program, Matt Puccini, who is a worldwide um, partnership uh, executive at IBM, and his job is to basically get startups or incoming uh, type of, um, yeah, businesses that, especially for the impacting mission of it, and we were one of the two out of the two cohorts that Mass Challenge had to, that elevated into the IBM partnership. So, yeah, so that's how I ended up at IBM. <laughs> I love this story. I love the timing of it all. And um, especially for entrepreneurs who are scared, um, listen to those voices, listen to your gut. It's, it's so, so important. But so talk a little bit about how Matrix Hologram works, because for some people, it's probably a concept they've never been exposed to. I mean, everyone understands tutoring. I think yeah. people know what a hologram is, but probably in like the form of gem and the holograms or some cartoony kind of thing. So bring it together for us. What What is it? Sure. So Matrix Holograms is democratizing that type of education that Matrix Tutors provides. And it's done in a way that it is very easily scalable and it is a product. So meaning that once we 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 integrate or we develop the curriculum into the hologram or into the AI, I should say, because at the core of it, we are an AI software. We're also agnostic in delivery, meaning that we can go into Google Cardboard VR, Microsoft HoloLens, like laptops, holograms, whatever hardware is agnostic. So at the core of it, it's all about putting at the basis of it a high level curriculum, which usually these tutors are 150 per hour. And, yeah. and yes, and all of this curriculum is something that needs to be democratized because these are tutors that are educated at Harvard, at University of Cambridge, where Isaac Newton went, like all of these incredible like yeah. schools, that is the knowledge that they're intaking in their education. And that is what they're giving back into, into, into the AI, right? But we have also an adaptive learning process where students are able to have their own unique journey into a, each lesson. And it is mimicking, this is an architectural strategy that I came up with on how is it that it can mimic the same experience as if they had a live human educator. On top of that, we're one of the first companies to, actually, I think that we were the first ones to test out the beta. We're right now working with, uh, with, the, with the IBM AI Watson Labs and the Watson X team. And we're one of the first ones to integrate their generative AI Watson X so that students can have a live conversation with the hologram, with the avatar. And it is something that is just 
all of this idea that I had, Lindsay, it's coming into reality. And I have to say, yeah. So who is the ultimate audience? I mean, we know it's underserved communities. Are these going to be schools that are going to buy it? Is it individuals? Like, how are people going to access it? Yeah, so we are B2B. So we are in U.S. public schools. It is the districts that would purchase them. And then underneath that, they have certain schools in that district. Makes we sense. also are heading into low-income countries, of course, inner city schools as well. And we've gotten a lot of traction is in right. Latin America, specifically in Mexico. So it's quite oh. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so it is, it's going to be a, it's a large vision, but I'm pretty sure that this mission is possible. I mean, it's, it's, you have the right ingredients, you have the right attitude, my gosh. So you know that in this podcast, we always talk about leadership and you've now, you're running your second company and you're definitely not a very old person, which is really impressive. So what lessons did you learn along the way about leadership and what's really important to you today in running Matrix Holograms? So leadership is an interesting one because we need to have, just as you said, we need to have a certain type of ingredients and I would say characteristics, but our character is built throughout the journey. So meaning that we have influence from incredible mentors, we have feedback from our team members, we also learn through mistakes, and it's all about also doing that collaborative teamwork and being able to contribute our different perspectives so that we're able to provide or even evolve ourselves as leaders. It's a never-ending process, and we need to be very open-minded in order to really, really be able to evolve to a successful entrepreneur. And leadership is is something that is, is, I actually, just really quick, this book recommended by one of my first mentors, Multipliers, oh, how the best uh, the best leaders make everyone smarter. So yeah, so it's all about multiplying talent instead of being like at the top and being like, work, 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 do yeah. this, X, Y, and Z. So yeah, it is, it's, it's a complex subject, but I think that it's all about keeping an open mind to be able to learn and evolve throughout the years. Well, you're very smart to recognize surrounding yourself with people that bring a lot to the table, or as I always say, surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me, make me better. And it helps me have lots and lots of perspectives across whatever landscape I'm in. And we solve problems better. We create new best practices because everybody has these diverse perspectives and ideally smart ones. Um, So bravo on you for recognizing that and for surrounding yourself with mentors that A, understand your vision, B, support your vision, and C, challenge you. Um, Because I think, especially when you're trying to create something new, you have to be so solid in your vision and you can't get rattled by the naysayers. I mean, I have to imagine there are people along your journey that were questioning you saying, are you serious? You're going to create a hologram? Like, did you experience that? I say that that actually started and I've never spoken about this because I kind of I have like my I don't want to say resentment but since I was in high school I used to get bullied so much my last name was nicknamed suit and delusional instead of suit and doll because I had these far-reached ideas that were were I I, I guess to them very it, it they couldn't really wrap well, they their couldn't think big it. enough they couldn't it's, think big enough. Yeah. Be, I don't want to put them in any negative light whatsoever. No. But 
but I was just always very much questioned on how my mind was different. Mm -hmm. And I had to, to really, yeah, to really believe in myself. And that is the most important ingredient, right? No, no question. And so let's talk a little bit about the role of culture in your company. And, you know, to me, this is such an important topic. And my book is coming out about this. I mean, this is this is a product of good leadership. How important is the role of culture to your company? And what are probably the most important ingredients for you for a good, healthy culture? Very interesting question. First of all, congratulations on your book. Thank you. That is amazing. I published the book, but it never came out. Like I, in Library of Congress, it's copyrighted, but I'm like, I'm not releasing this yet. <laughs> oh my God. So congratulations. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the type of culture that, that is being built because we are starting a startup is from yeah. completely from zero and any business, it comes from zero. A lot of lessons learned from matrix tutors okay. is something that has really, really helped me in how to be able to structure matrix holograms. Yeah. I'm definitely not perfect. No, no, I no. have a very big heart. I am there relentlessly for, for my team but it's always a journey of learning. So the type of culture that is actually interesting that that you said that another book, it's the brain friendly workspace, how, why talented people quit and how to get them to stay. So yeah, our co-founder Brendan Leibowitz, blessing. And he's somebody that is an expert to, to the next level. And he's somebody that is extreme talent. And that's something else that founders and leaders should not be as scared of is of bringing people that contribute to your complementary type of um, mentality, but also that they are experts in ways that you are not. And that right there, we shouldn't be intimidated by saying, hey, this person is going to be smarter than me. And I am I'm not okay with that X, Y, and Z. No, it's you need to do what's best for your business and also trust them that they're going to be there to contribute in a very positive manner. So with culture, this is actually something interesting. So based on that book, we are later on in the startup in the beginning, not really, we're going to start experimenting with a four day work week. We're also going to be incorporating, we're also going to be incorporating um, one hour three times a week where they where our our team members can take off to either meditate to either work out to and this is all going to be on the work schedule yeah. so work balance is something that we're really really pushing towards and i think that that should be implemented because we work is very important but so is your life oh my god stephanie this is music to yeah. my ears and you are exemplifying modern leadership so bravo and i Thank think you. really I want to congratulate you because when I, I, startups is a real passion project for me. And especially with these investment banks that are building these rosters of companies, these are innovators, they're geniuses, they're, they're disruptors, and they don't necessarily have the ingredients for good leadership. And no one's really forcing them to have that. And unfortunately, their people burn out because they're so driven to maintain that funding or secure additional funding that culture and well-being takes yeah. a back seat. So I love that you're really thinking about this and those moves you're making are going to keep your people. That is all the ingredients for retention and for people that 
you're breeding loyalty. I mean, this is loyalty is a, a, a lost art these days. And there's no such thing as job security. There's only career security and you have to build it for yourself. So when you have a company that can create these moments where people feel seen, appreciated, and given space to do their work, what a gift. I'm so impressed. You know all this already. You know. so, Thank so you good. so much. And I actually did want to touch a really um, short basis on this. I actually brought this up on panel, but especially, yes, I have hit burnout in the past year like no other. <laughs> yes, it has happened and yeah. it's not healthy. But at the same time, it unfortunately, it is required. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just a very hard worker. I have been all my life. Yeah. But for having a startup, especially as a woman, and that is something that I definitely do want to touch base upon because- Let's talk about that. I was not prepared, Lindsay, to realize that funding, like venture capitalist funding, yeah. only 1.8% go to women, less than 2%. It's, I was- Disgusting. I was not prepared for this because it is just a gender. Like, listen, this is a body, Right. What really matters is your mentality, the knowledge, the yeah. wisdom, the willingness, the character that you hold within. And also you are, you have your body, mind, and soul. How is it that something that is as dense and in not important as material, like our body is what enables us to be in this existence and be That's able right. to experience reality, but it should not be an indicator of success. I was not, listen, it just, it still blows my mind. And as a result, I have had to work 10 times as much as my male counterparts to secure funding. Thankfully, we had angel investors, but it's an ongoing process. I need to get to work. I need to work, right? not be able to be with VC funding right? one meeting after the other. Excuse the tonality, but it's just like, no, it's, I need to work. You're right on to be that passionate about it. So what advice would yeah. you give to women founders that are trying to think differently and create a business, you know, that's different and new and that need to secure funding. What do you, what do you tell them? Oh, ah, this is a talk within itself, but I would say at the highest level of like the most important points is if you get rejected, it's not you. It doesn't have anything to do with your capabilities. It doesn't have to do anything with your mentality, with your talents, with your passion. Don't take it personally. This is just a system that is failing us. This yeah. is the most accurate way of saying it. So I would say that the most important part, and this has very truthfully happened, is that you come to a point where it's like, I am burnt out already as like all entrepreneurs, no matter yeah. the gender, and I'm just extra even burnt out from having to try so hard to secure funding right. that is going to enable this vision to become reality. And there is going to come a point where you're going to question yourself. Do I want to live? this life that I am putting in every single day right now for the rest of my life, right. is it worth it? And it's all because mental health wise, like emotional wise, it is draining. Yeah. And it is just, yeah. Like I said, we're playing, on a we're, <laughs> we're playing on a man's playground and until there are going to be women VC leaders yeah. who recognize that, 50% of their funding needs to go to women, it's going to continue that way. And that's an unfortunate 
truth. Um, so I know you're a person that gives back a lot. And, you know, I think even that day on the panel, you offered to mentor someone, which I thought was just so generous of you. I got um, two mentors. <laughs> yes, I got our mentees, I should say. Now the tables have turned around. <laughs> but it's so important that you do that. And yeah. talk about the role of mentor-mentee in your life and just yeah. why that's such an important ingredient for your success. Oh gosh, it's like discussed in panel and there's three main people that mentors that really, there's people that change your life. Yeah. And the first one was Aldry Gomez, who he came from the slums of Venezuela, had a really traumatic upbringing and he decided to leave home when he was 13. And long story short, he ended up in the US, he became an entrepreneur, he's right now in Miami. And he's the one that went because like there's a story behind it, but I ended up uh, living with my mother after health complications. So I was 25, 25 living with my mother. And that was also a stroke to the ego. I was like, I'm in my mid twenties. And by the way, I'm a college dropout. So I had no degree. I was working minimum wage jobs. And at that same time, I was under the perception that society gives into us that says, if you don't have a college degree, you're not going to get a high paying job. And that's definitely not true. But it is something that society says that X, Y, and Z is going to happen if you don't follow a system. That's not true. That's not true. But but yeah, so Audrey was the one that really took me out of my mother's house and really got me to start my life and start my career. So he was somebody very important. The second one was Matt Buccini, who is the creator of the Mass Challenge program. He's an IBM executive, and he really is dedicated to make impact, but especially for underrepresented founders, mm-hmm. because he knows the challenges that we have. Mm-hmm. He knows. He even sent me once a message. He's like, this boils my blood when he showed me like a picture of like the news of saying, yeah, women secured 1.8% funding. He's like, this boils my blood. It makes no sense. So yeah, no. And he really helped me a lot in regards to, first of all, the network that I was being exposed to being introduced to, to the Boston and New England tech scene, but also in being a mentor in regards to how a startup is made how it was strategies, all the go-to-market, everything that goes on oh, with he really prepared for Davos. So what yeah. A gift. And then, yeah. And then the last one was Patricia Gallen, who still is. And at another level, she is, and I'm sure that she has had similar, she has explained here and there some stories like that, but she's somebody that came all the way to the top working as a research scientist at Harvard to right now um, being at MIT at a very high level. She has worked for Africa CDC, the world. She was a senior economist for the World Bank for like 10 years. One of the most inspirational women that I've ever met. Mm. And she is the one that I'm like, hey, we're going to conquer, you know, like US and and low income. She's like, Stephanie, what about Europe? What about? Yeah. 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 What about Asia? And I am just there like Patricia. That's a lot. She's like, you can do it. Hundreds and millions of kids. I'm like, Jesus. I know. Hold on. Let me get this done. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, and I, I had a sim- not similar uh, caliber, but I had a wonderful leader who um, took me under her wing once mm-hmm. and rescued me from a situation where I was about to probably lose my job. And she's like, you're way too talented. 
you have a leader who doesn't understand you and shame on him and you're coming onto my team. And I said, you know, how can I ever thank you? And she said, you're going to take care of someone else the same way I took care of you. And I have, and I, and it feels so good. And I always think of her when I do that. So I know that you give back in similar spirit. So here's a question for you. What inspires you? What inspires me is to, this is going to sound very high level on evolve humanity being able to bring out the best in students and into the next generation of society, because we never know the next Newton Hawking, whatever could be in India. They could be in Africa. They could be in Nicaragua. How are we going to be able to evolve society and do inventions that are going to truly make an impact in history and It's that education. That's why I'm so passionate about education is because it is a way to to really mold and be able to to break generational cycles of inequality. Mm -hmm. But also it's a way to provide opportunities to prodigy minds. And our AI is going to be able to do that. They're going to be able to detect which students are are outliers and be like, hey, put this on the radar. (laughs) And this is something that already we have started uh, putting into the icebox. I think it's called at at IBM. But we have already started working on those AI functionalities with the IBM team. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you're already doing this, but what would you like your legacy to be? I would say that a legacy that I would like to contribute is definitely making a big impact as a woman in history. Mm-hmm. And that is because it definitely does need to be heightened. We are going to have a battle that is going to be so much harder than our male counterparts but I definitely do want to come out to a certain level of success because that also opens up my ability to contribute to society and to and to be able to donate and to be able to do more impact and that is something that for me it's like listen if I can donate 10 million dollars to to Africa to have children in a village be able to have holograms or to be able to have our licenses or X, Y, and Z, that to me is happiness because I don't want anybody to suffer as much as I did. I went through tremendous hardships. So to me, it's also about having children remain pure of heart and guiding them in the right direction so that that creates, like after they grow up and they're adults, that is a cascading effect. So yeah. Well, I I am so honored that you've been on the show and you are already a woman of history and I am so grateful to know you and impressed by you and just so inspired by what you're doing and how do people find you? I'm a little bit hidden in social media. I should be a little bit more out, but the where I am a lot more active is LinkedIn without Great. a And we'll we'll put up your LinkedIn info here yeah. to connect to. So Don't worry about that. But um, guys, if you're not following Stephanie, follow her. Keep an eye on Matrix Holograms. This is going to be such a groundbreaking um, product and technology for the world to leverage. I'm thrilled you were here to share your story. And um, it's been such a joy having you on the show. Thank you so, so much. Lindsay, thank you so much once again. It was a really great pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching this episode of Heartbeat for Hire, everyone. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to Heartbeat for Hire. If you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a five-star review. To keep the conversation going, you can find me on Insta or at LinkedIn at Lindsay Dowd, H4H. Or you can reach me at my website, heartbeatforhire.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.